I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from €100 Euro include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies and open day tickets. Show your support or make someone's Christmas. Visit MyStadiumSeat.com. Sample Stadium, where every name matters. Podcast today. I'm your host, Kevin Ryan. I'm joined by Stephen Cronin from the Carrick Davins Club and Enda Tracy from Tumavara. A week is a long time in hurling, and this week has been a seismic week for Tipperary with Colin Bonner being relieved of his duties as Premier Manager. Within 24 hours, there was a vacancy in Waterford also with Liam Cal opting to pursue a fourth year. We'll discuss all the fallout from this and see could Liam Cal be the next manager of Tipperary. On the divisional front, there was plenty of action over the last couple of weeks down south. Carrick Swan claimed the historic 24 title while Kilsheelan laid down a marker winning, a, winning an intermediate crown. There was history made in the mid also, but a different kind with J.K. Brackens getting their name on the roll of honour for the first time. Connor Kenny were too good for mine in the Premier Intermediate decider while Boherland claimed intermediate honours. Out West, Clannolty claimed yet another West title while Cashel, Cashel grounded out against Sean Tracy to take the Premier Intermediate crown. There were honours too for Nockavilla at the interme- intermediate grade. And up north, Nina have certainly laid down a marker with a comprehensive comeback win in the north. Port Row claimed the Premier Intermediate crown, and Laura were impressive winners of the North Intermediate. So plenty of us, to, plenty for us to discuss over the next hour or so. What else could we start with? With with, um, with Colin Bonner departing the scene, and I'll come to you first for your thoughts on that one. Yeah, it was. Uh, I suppose. It's not really come as much of a surprise to uh, to any of us. Um, 
Look, there's been pretty, um, it's been, I suppose, everyone in the county has kind of been a bit, a bit of a split vote on whether to uh, keep Colm on for another year. Obviously, when he came in, look, he came in with the proviso that he had three years to build something. And he was kind of given the assurance that the first year wouldn't be what he'd be judged on because, look, there was such a savage turnover of players and missing some of our the best players to ever play for Tip for the first time and you know, for 10, 12 years, like, um, so that was kind of, kind of the, the list he was given. Um, in the Watford match, the first day, I think there was, what, six, six debutants starting the match, another two or three coming off the bench. And you're looking at it and you probably should have won that match, but it, we were just way too inconsistent over the year. The following week, we went out and got obliterated by Clare. We come back the following a couple of weeks, play well against Limerick, could win it. And again, same story against Cork. I think that result against Cork was really the straw that broke the camel's back as regards people having patience because like 330 in in Turles in the championship match against Cork. Like it's it's whatever stage you're at in development, everyone in tip is expecting you to be <laughs> you wouldn't be expecting that sort of result to be coming down the track. So it, it was kind of hard for him to win back the confidence of the supporters after that and and it seemed the confidence of the players because look by all accounts there was a few players that weren't really impressed with what was going on inside and look once you lose the confidence of the players there you're really you're really not going to last the course Stephen would you agree with that worry maybe things went quite on the Tipperary front after the initial exit from the championship should we have been more prepared for the actual announcement of the of the departure of Bonner? Um, well, I suppose, first off the bat, I think it's, unfortunately to say, I think it's the right thing to do. Um, the, the phrase I've been hearing there all year was green shoots for next year and um, there, was, there, there was none, you know, and, and, and like, we knew, we knew we were going to be at a low ebb this year as, as Enda already pointed out with the turnaround of players. We knew the standard, uh, well, well, the standard maybe the results wouldn't be great for us. It was, I think, it was it was very, very um possible for, at the start of the season that we might go the, the the season without a win, but in the manner in which we lost, especially against Clare and against Cork, when we actually had a chance, when when we were relying on someone else to do us a favor, they did us a favor. And our game was over after after Noel McGrath hit the butt of the post. You know, like I that's they just played devil's advocate to come in there though. Like, you know, um yeah, he said the right might have been on the wall, but look, Bonner, you went down right, very poor start against Kerry. You know, you know, he would say a meaningless game, wanted to try out try out as that bore no resemblance to the championship team or whatnot, but you still did what no other temporary team did and lost to Kerry. So, you know. An underwhelming league looking back. You know, we didn't expect much from the league bar trying lots of players. There were still opportunities, I think, in that league. Maybe, you know, we thought we'd give Kilkenny like um, you know, what was a week Kilkenny team coming to tur- come to Turles, you know, a good beating and we barely got out of the line, you know, we were disappointing against Dublin. We're disappointing actually not to get to a semi-final of the league in total. So that might have been another opportunity missed, you know, pick up with the silverware. That stage look the, the the form of the league teams didn't really hold into summer and whatnot. Then you come to the championship itself, but I'm Bonner. I'm saying, look, everyone was singing Waterford's praises. They were league championships. We were at least as good of as good as them for 60, 65 minutes, you know. 
Then Clare was a very disappointing game. I think he's no other choice but to hold up his hands there again. This great Limerick team, again, Tipperary, maybe give their best performances when the backs are against the wall. Again, hurled up a storm for 60 minutes. None of us, again, listen back to that podcast we did before that Limerick game, probably, you know, expected that performance. And then, as Enda said, we just didn't show up against Cork. And not only did we not show up, we was just, you know, the game was over, but it was also turned into an embarrassment. And that might have been the straw that brought the cameras back. But was there, you know, was there not enough green shoots there? You know, if you take the whole, add that to, you know, the four or five injuries that, you know, the players he was robbed of over the year, not to say, look, at least give this man another year. No, I, I don't think so. Because what, what, you, what, what you spoke about there was, um, you know, we had a performance. We 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 had a performance against Watford somewhat that we could even have pipped it. We had a complete uh, a complete capitulation against Clare. Then we had a performance against Limerick that nobody gave us a chance, and we come like it was an embarrassment against Cork. Well, what that what that told me was this team not playing to a structure. This team not playing to a, a, a style of play or a way of playing or tactical game plan that they're working on every single night that that reminded me of a club team where you just give out the 15 jerseys there's your positions lads go out and hurl it, it, it's, it was like just go out and hurl and you know the scoreboard will take care of the rest so up and down in and out we didn't we couldn't see any semblance of a game plan early on in the year we tried to work the ball out but we never like from what we saw in the league stages, was never improved upon throughout the whole season. I know it'll take a few years to get to Limerick's level of a, of a pocket plan, you know what I mean? Because these things work up, but there was nothing even there to suggest, oh, I can see something here. You know, I, I can see a game plan here. Like, we we might, uh, our new players, six debutants was mentioned there, our new players might take time to get up to the pace of inter-county hurling, but I can see something. We have to be able to keep the ball. We have to, our, our lads out the field, regardless of what we're playing, we have to be able to either win the ball or we have to be able to be comfortable in possession. We showed none of that. You know, like we, we've a lad, we still have a question mark over a goalie throughout the year. One lad can puck the ball the nearly the length of the field. You know, and, but we have, we, we have no target man down that can catch a ball like TJ Reid. Then, so for the other lads who, who probably a little bit stronger on the short ball, we don't look comfortable on the ball. We don't look comfortable receiving it, you know, and we don't look comfortable then on the second phase. Like when, when the first man receives the ball, what happens then? And there was nothing, there was no patterns of play. And it just, for me, it just looked, we're going up, we're training, we're doing our bit. Are we working enough with a whiteboard or in, in the analysis room? Are we going out in the field and explaining what we want? I don't know. I just, I didn't, for the professionalism involved in an inter-county setup these days, I did not see that out in the hurling field in any of the games we played this year, you know. And uh, that's that's the unfortunate part. I genuinely think that the fitness was one of the biggest issues this year. Um, we had one good outing against Swat for the first week, and you think, okay, something to build on here. But a good performance. But after 15 or 20 minutes against Clare, there was lads floundering around the field. Clare looked... They looked like a senior team playing a junior C team, like in terms of fitness, running past lads. Um, just Stephen John Conlon's goal there in the, in the first half. Was it in the first half against Clare? Yeah, yeah first half. Acres of room, nobody able to track him. Just like something you'd see in a challenge match. And 
then we had a little break and you get to Limerick and you've you've time to prepare for them. They do well for sixty minutes. And look, Limerick can put away any team in the last ten or fifteen minutes, there's no doubt how fit they are and physically conditioned they are. But then we go again to Cork. And it was probably sooner, but ten minutes into the Cork match. Like there was one stage there I was looking at Barry Heflin and I was like, Is he after doing a full training session before the match or something? He's can't can't move around the field like inter-county level it's really not acceptable and I, I think that conditioning was a big, a big issue um, a massive issue throughout the year like look, look we were all coming into the year after look we had the round robin in 18 and 19 and we went back to the old traditional style the last two years as far as I can see that they, they got it wrong in terms of the preparation in getting the match week on week it's as simple as that they didn't I don't think they got the necessary levels of fitness in and that really came back to bite them. Um, look, you can play, you can have any system you want, any system of play, that's composed in the ball, but if you're physically not able to get around the field, like you're in massive trouble in the off. So, I- so the most disappointing thing of that court game was that, you know, Waterford were collapsing against Clare, you know, Clare were doing Tipperary a big favour, but you know, after 15 minutes in, we were just beat. We were in, I suppose it's that frustration that, as I said, fitness plan, that's where it all really came to the fore. And, you know, what I will say is that the, the mood of changes to Bonner's set up then, I don't think it did enough to mean that it would be systematically different from this year, you know, next year. And is that ultimately what cost them? Now, we could stand here and say, look, the way the county board actually, they should have backed their man. They should have, you know, they certainly should have, I think, kind of announced it in a classier way. Um, but, you know, at the end of the, of the day, we're kind of happy enough. It is probably for Tipperary Harding the right decision. Yeah, I think so. I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, you know, like, as you said, it could have been done better. It should have been handled better. And even even if if you're to believe everything has been said, that it took, it took um, an old, a soundbite from the players first for them to act is poor as well because for me that's putting the onus on the players and the county board should have took responsibility for it but it's done it's far the best to tip Harlan and you know I, I think I like look Colin Bonner wasn't everyone's first choice last year but I think he was given when he got the job I think everyone rode in behind him like we spoke even going into some of the games last year like you know when when we knew we were up, up against it so you know we were glass half full and you know, we think we might and you know, it is, it is easy to get excited about Tip Hurland when you're in the moment. Like, but there was, there's like after when when Noel McGrath hit the ball to the post against Cork, like for the most part, Tip fans were dejected. There was no anger. There was no, like it was just. Stephen, like, I'm going to stop you right there, Stephen. I'm going okay. to stop you right there. And apologies, but I have an actual Premier View Pod exclusive. Liam Cal has just been announced as Tipperary senior hurling manager on a three-year term. Lovely. 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 Is that a double yeah. lovely I'm getting from up north as well? So that's... Uh, yeah, it is, in fairness. There's no other direction to go in. Anything else? It would have been uh, two or three years ago, times fucking 20, people would have been going absolutely demented if you had to go up to Dublin or, you know, so they had to screw it up some other way. But look, we all know he's the man for the job. He knows those mm. players inside out. And in fairness, the overall picture of these three years at Waterford is an impressive one. If you look last year, obviously we're, we're going with recency bias, some people, but his first two years, they were, were massively impressive with a group yeah. of players. Similar enough to the way we're going to be going into next year's championship. They were after losing every match in the 2019 championship very, very easily. 
uh, really didn't put uh, didn't put in a fight in any of the games, and he had him in an All Ireland following year. So, look, he's the man for the job, and hopefully, hopefully, he can do a good job of it. And importantly, I think the press release goes on to say the usual platitudes, but he'll be joined by Michael Bevins and additional members of Lean's management team will be announced in the coming weeks. I think, you know, I just kind of come come off criticising Tipperary County board there, but, you know, I, I looked at Cork how they went about doing their business once Karen Kingston stood down within 24 hours, they had Pat Ryan in place. So I do have to give them you know, give them their Jews here again. It's all that has been very tidy. I think a piece of work. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no speculation. <laughs> no, and 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 a, and a strange thing today there wasn't a peep all day about about this. Like the last time when we had when we were in this situation last year, it was he is one hundred percent all this all that is non-stop, and then boom, oh he's staying with Watford. Whereas today, everything went quiet, and it just kind of you you're rubbing your hand. Look, I think it's the right appointment and. Again, I'm going to put on the old positive glass half full kind of spin on it. This this bad year that we're after having it will will benefit Liam Carl going into next year because I think if Liam Carl took over last year, we'd have expected all Ireland straight off the bat. You know, he gets a, a starting block. You know, that's competitive qualifier the Munster, but we're not going to throw an all Ireland at, uh, at him straight off the bat. I don't think. But you all, Absolutely, also had, you, you also had the madness of like, but you know, some people are still saying today that Liam Cal should have been put in in 2019 instead of Liam Sheedy, despite, despite the fact we won yeah. in All Ireland in 2019. Yeah. I just I can't understand people, but we're probably going to benefit from the fact that he's had his run with Watford. He had a good run at intercounty management before he comes to us, so he'll have. Ironed out any chinks he had, like you know, underage players are a whole different kettle of fish. The lads that are hurling on a team there for five or ten years, you know, players come and go at underage level, and you can mold different sets of players. But you have to deal with the same personalities there the whole time, and you know, it's it's a different it's a different kind of management setup. And he'll have he'll have learned a lot of Watford in his time. Look, he's had good success, and he's had hard times there as well. So. And he'd have had to end it because you know, in, in all his tackles with John Coyley, he didn't really lay a glove on him. He didn't, you know, his water for team didn't really get close to him. Yeah, yeah, but like, where they were coming from, like, yeah, you know, yeah, you I agree only, with that. You can, you can only judge from that. Like, at the end of the day, Watford, like, when when did the last win in All Ireland? Like, like, <laughs> Not long enough ago. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think it's it's you know you even you even get from the atmosphere of the pod like it's it's given us all a, a bit of a shot in the arm there, and I think there will be plenty more discussion on that. You know, we 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 can discuss it a lot more. But when you look at the monster championship next year, I think we're all guilty of underestimating Clare a bit. Nick, or this year we certainly won't next year. You know, when you look at what the round robin will be, it'll be maybe a rejuvenated Cork, Clare trying to know knowing that they have you know you know that that Limerick in their sights, Limerick going for four in a row. You know, and and then Waterford under like a you know again a new management team again probably wanted to wanted to put a bad year behind them, so it's going to be as competitive as ever. But you know, at least I think Lean Cal, we we'll talk about it later. He's a full program now. He can get out there, start watching club games and all that. I'm sure there'll be no bullshit like the picking Miller Shield and all that again. He'll know exactly what he'll want to do. I think in a lot of cases he'll know exactly the kind of setup he wants. And I think what comes to my mind with Cal, I think standards will. 
you know, will go up to what they wore back in the kind of the 2019 under the Sheedy regime. I'm not saying, I just think that Colin Bonner was a different type of manager and maybe the inter-county the profile of your John Coyleys, your Cody's. I think Cal really does fit into that inter that current inter-county management, management profile. So, you know, in that regard, I think it's definitely a positive appointment. Yeah, yeah. Bonner, was, Bonner was just a coach from different era, wasn't he? Like, when, mm. when you're coming up and you're used to a certain way, like, it's very hard to deviate from it, especially how much hurling's changed in the last 10 years. Like, it's absolutely... It's mad. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I'd, I'd agree there. I think, like, even the, the setups that Bonner would have been, he always probably had to would have made too. You know, yeah. be it in Carlow, be it in Wexford, like, you know, and you, you, you use what you're given. And, you know, there might have been, like, you know, with Tipperary, just the way the year kind of started going that he did that rather than... Not, I, I don't know the inside story here, but maybe you know he, they weren't kind of asking for enough, like from the players or from you know from the setup as well. In terms, Stephen mentioned, like Stephen mentioned it again, like you know, and Dean Sheedy had an article out there about the one percenters when they get to Crow Park, but like lads, when you they won't give away a whole lot, but when you listen to some of the details, you know, from that Limerick setup, you know, and last night and the Sunday games and stuff, so you know their setup is so technical and their the resources they have at their disposal. And to beat them, like, you know, it's one thing getting close and that we'd have to do it next year. But to beat them, we're going to have to throw a lot. You know, players are going to have to throw a lot of, of resources at it. Like, you know, it's a serious challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, but uh, I think you'd like to think we have the right men. Well, time will tell if they're the right men. But as as was already mentioned, he's had three years with Walford now. He's had two, two COVID seasons and he's one full proper season. Walford fell flat in the last game of the year. That's that itself even should be a massive uh, learning curve for Liam and Michael Bevins. You know, like get it right because look, if we're to get back into the knockout championship next year, we're probably not going to do it after two games. It might well take us the four full games. So we need to be able to perform in every single game. And whatever happened Walford last year, be it the players down in tools or they're getting their training wrong. He'll know now that there's no rock to be left unturned, hopefully. And, and plus, appointing them now, that them lads now, we're, we're only getting ready to start championship. So there's no need for a Miller Shield. They'll go to every, ga- every game they can for the rest of the year. And if someone that hasn't already been looked at is performing, well, he'll get a crack at it. At least, at least we know that under, under Liam Cal anyway. Great stuff. Look, I think we'll, we'll leave the inter-county stuff there for now. If we have time at the end, we'll come back to yesterday's match, the epic All-Ireland with Limerick and Kilkenny. For now, we're going to turn to the club scene. Plenty of divisional honours were handed out over the last week and every every club or the top 48 clubs in Tipperary now start their county campaigns this Friday, this Saturday, this Sunday. So basically, if you're listening to the podcast, try and get to the game. There are going to be a few crackers there as the county championship commences. Now we're just going to review the divisionals there. So down south, we'll start with my own stomping ground. Carrick's one were very impressive. An Orion team beating a Dan Breen team with, against Mullen O'Hone. We don't, ha- we don't bother with that Premier Intermediate stuff down south. So we just have a senior <laughs> championship and Intermediate. Kilsheen and we're always the better team against, um, against Ballangarry, who were disappointing there. But Stephen, do you make the Swan game? No, I didn't. I, I ran off the double for the, on the Sunday. Oh, I, I was away for a couple of days there, so I didn't make it. So, by all accounts, by reports, they were impressive again. And uh, Mullahone, probably thankful for, for Sean Curran to be keeping them ticking in the game. And, and yeah, dead them. on. Sean Curran was the best player on show there for Mullahone. They were very disappointing. 
uh, for Swan, all the big lads, you know, they're they're all the brigade, the Daniel Handlins, the Stephen Hassey's definitely put in, you know, the Kevin Kevin Lanning has put in a great turn and you know they're the younger players then kind of really, you know, really showed up as well. They had a good win in the semi-final, which would have given confidence against St. Mary's. And you know, they led from pillar to post there. So I was very impressed for Swan after a kind of a lean couple of years between injuries and all that. Ooh. And um O'Halloran there, Gavin O'Halloran was, you know, fantastic fantastic player as well for him as well. I'd say probably man of the match. Um, you know, that's down south. Mid, I'm gonna to go to Sean there, Sean Sean Smith from Turla Sarsfields there. It wasn't Turla Sarsfields that got their hands on the mid trophy. It was actually for the first time ever. Uh JK Bracken's a historic triumph, probably a long time coming as well. So um, you know, his historic stuff, Clonic Kenny too going well there. Yeah, Bracken's there like they're banging at the door there filing the mid and to fair this year to kind of put their arms up when other teams may not be in a full strength as Wentford and when the chances there to have to take, like over the years, teams are kind of best artists and got to mid finals. I may not have done it, but to be fair, brackets this year just won their score to win it. But Drone probably looking at it going, How do we lose that game? when you kind of see back at it and hit the post, and they were leading well as well. But no, well deserved win for brackets and draw is a solid team to be fair, underage when they're coming up. So it's great to see kind of another team in the mid like that. Yeah, absolutely. Connor Kenny, good win in the Premier Intermediate. That'll That'll put them in good mood for the county and then um Boerlan, bit of a resurgence yeah, there in intermediate. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by the Clonic Kenny win. I thought mine kind of there played us like you know, it's hard to know where teams are at this time of year as well, but great with Clonic Kenny because I thought you're maybe going the opposite direction here over the last number of years, but yeah, I was a bit fighting. disappointed with, with um mine. I was watching a bit of it on Clover that game. Um bit mm. disappointed with they never seemed to get into it, it was much too late. Yeah, it could have been a case of going in maybe playing Clonic Kenny, yeah, we'll see it out, but Kind of not kind of changes are over the mind now. With kind of, I thought they'd have that primary to fall back on, and and Borland then come back from winning the intermediate against a good drum. Drum always strong at that level, to be fair. The odds draws consistent, and Borland, African, really, really getting number of years ago to come back up the ranks. And you no know, young team by all accounts, I told so, but that's great development out there now. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And the uh, free scoring, the free scoring Laura of 2020 are definitely back on form, North champions at intermediate. Yeah, Stephen's shaking in his boots there. I can see him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're, they're, they're very impressive in fairness. And look, in all honesty, they, they probably shouldn't be in the grade. Um, just a torrid year where everything went wrong from last year, injuries and just a lack of confidence and they slid oh, down. Yeah. Um, look, if you go back two years, they could have been hurling senior. Like So it's it's funny. It's amazing how much uh, much things can change in a short space of time. But look, they, 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 the majority of their team back now um, I think they were missing Kieran Hawk there, played underage for Tippett a few years ago. He he cried off there before the match, so he he was their only only player missing. Um, outfield player anyway. Tony Redden was to come back as well. I had to use their junior keeper. But look, in terms of a forward line at intermediate level, you're not going to have stronger. Colin Fogarty, Colin Fogarty, Bonner Maher, Owen McIntyre, um, Keen Hogan. Like that's for intermediate level. That's a very 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 strong forward line. And Shannon Rovers really. Uh, they started very well. They were one three to two points up after about seven or eight minutes. But uh, I think Laura scored eleven or twelve scores in a row, and Shannon Rovers didn't score till injury time again from the seventh minute on. So it was game over at half time. And happy, happy are we all together? Was ringing out around Port Row as they claimed the well the first uh, Premier Intermediate, their first Premier Intermediate title, or the first the first Premier Intermediate title overall. That's a good win from you know um, they were kind of. 
they were very competitive in the Orion last year. They just missed out on score difference from qualifying. So, you know, they're that sets them up as well for a good tilt at the county. It does, yeah. They were full value for it as well. They, they were a better team for the majority of the game and they probably should have seen it out in normal time. Uh, uh, Ross Gray pulled back a few points near going into injury time and got to two points and Sam Conlon came off the bench and got a scrappy goal and it looked like they were going to rob it but John Sheedy got, got a fairly easy score. But Well, it was actually a very controversial one. I didn't think it was a free at all. Um, very, very, very soft. It's stank of a ref looking, looking to even the score after the other crowd giving him a sucker punch down the other end but I think over, in the overall balance of it Portugal were easily the better team. AJ Willis is is turning into some club hurler. If he says going the way he is now, he might he might be looking at getting a twist in with Tip because he's he's really that's high, that's high praise indeed. But well, he is a he's a well, fine look, player. Well, look if you, if you're hurting well with your club consistently, like you know that's the next that's the next thing. Like I mean, and he's probably young enough as well. Oh, he is, yeah, yeah, and he and he's been playing at a fairly good level if it's given as well. I think he's with GMIT and they got to a semi final last year in Fitzgibbon. So look, he's a very good player and. Jeez, when he gets a goal chance, he usually takes it. Um, but they had other good players around Rune Mulroney and Sam Madden were good as well. But but Porter, Porter so always... yeah, Ross Gray were kind of anti post favourites, or you know, the, the favourites for the Orleans. So it's interesting you said that Porter were much better value for the win there now. So um shows how level the Orleans is. Yeah, it is. I'm disappointed enough for Ross Gray that I think they see I think they're really missing Alan Tyne in there at centre forward. I think mm-hmm. Last year when he was playing there, he was hurling up a storm and he was really driving them forward. He was getting big totals every match, one two, one three, one four. Just a big engine there and, and a good target man. He's strong as well. They're a very young team at the same time, you know. Um, Luke Cash and Jason Glamartin are their main forwards now, really. And Evan, Evan Fitzpatrick had a really poor day at the office. You'd be expecting a lot more from him. He'd be one of their more experienced players. Um, they're not just yet motoring... Um, the way they should be now. Maybe they're targeting the championship. The divisional was only look preparation for that. Maybe, maybe that's what you're looking at. But um, look, there should be more improvement in them, and uh, there should be more of a kick in them in the county. Oh, then and finally, how could we forget about Nina in the the senior there laying down a marker? Could be their year. You, could, you might have said that <laughs> Barry Hef, Barry Heffernan wasn't that true problem. actually. Yeah, bad knee injury just leaves a. It's it's disappointing for them after such a such a good win and like they really done the unneeded thing they they dug in when everything was against them and they really produced it when when the match was there to be won. Um, look, Kiladanger. Look, the caveat is Kiladanger are missing an awful lot of players and they still nearly won an North title missing at least four starters. Uh, Billy Seymour, uh, Willie Connors, Decky McGrath, Dara Flannery. Like Jesus, like any other club missing players of that caliber, like. You wouldn't be competing, let alone nearly win the divisional title. So, look, absolutely, me and-, and like you know, it's very much out of the frying pan into the fire now for Kildangan because they on Friday night in the stadium they play the county champions lot more. Um, you know, th- those those sides met last year as well at the same stage, and it's an absolute <coughs> cracking game. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like a meeting the two teams of the walking wounded <laughs> with some players as well, like Lockmore. Jeez, they're absolutely after getting. Getting taken to task with injuries and players away. I'd like you have Kieran and Ed Connolly are missing. Ed Maher, John McGrath is gone. I think there's question marks over Willie Eviston being able to play. Um, Evan Sweeney's retired as far as I know. I don't think he's hurling this year. So like, Jesus, like for a small, well, like like we kind of get um, sidetracked by the fact that 
they're they're such a good club at senior level, but their numbers are still tight. Like um, so when they lose that amount of players, it's going to be hard to replace them. Um, Kildangan are obviously still missing a good few of those lads, and they'll obviously have the disappointment of losing the North final. So it's hard to know. It's not the same as previous years. That fixture, it's hard to know what way that one will go. Yeah, true. The other game in that one, Sean, is um, or sorry, the other game on Friday night is Temple Derry. You know who are but themselves a bad beating in, in their divisional game. I think that was Nina as well, um, against Droman Inch, who were flying it again until the narrow loss in the mid-final. So can Droman Inch maybe there kind of get the better of him? Yeah, I expect Drum to win that. He's enough to be honest and just get off to win. And in these groups, winning against, not against Templary, but suppose he's the weakest team in the group is the way to start. Like, you know, it happened us years ago, played their Rogan, done Drum, we lost. And that was it, we're in trouble straight away. So Drum get the wheel, foot back to the wheel here and get going in our show. Uh, how does Jamie hurl, Sean? Is he looking fit? Yeah, he is, yeah. To be honest, yeah, I think not playing for the tip this year is one of the best things for drum ever, to be honest, you know, so. The other, the other game then, you've Kildang and Lockmore, Aerog and Brackens, I suppose, and for either, both those two sides looking to get through, this is a must-win game for both of them. Stephen, Aerog have been kind of, you know, flirting with relegation from the Dan Breen over the last... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Last couple of, couple of years, Bracken's on a high after divisional title. Uh, hi, but... Uh... <laughs> How how do they celebrate it? How long do the celebrations go on for? Could be could play a factor this weekend, like you know. They're still but, at it. <laughs> <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't blame, would you? Monday club <laughs> over there, I'm told. <laughs> but but Jed, winning that title will give them huge, huge confidence going going into the next game. You know, it'll it'll, it'll make everyone grow an inch. You know, if you get like if you understand where I'm going, where I'm going. as long as they manage the week correctly. You know, they'd, they'd go into that game thinking, right, we've made the breakthrough in the mid, now it's time to kick on now and start doing, um, start making strides up the county and they'd be probably, they'd be looking at this one as a, as as was said already, oh, you get off to a good start. It's so important. If you're Brackens, yeah, you have to look at, you have to look at a win on Saturday and you have to maybe look at, take down a, a depleted Lockmore's end. So it could be, you know, could be a marquee win for them there and make progress there. Um, You know, that, that group is kind of, maybe more open than it might appear on paper. Group three then, you know, it's a very level group. You've Upper Church, Holy Cross on looking there, that's Saturday. And then after that, you've Monahone and Tumavara. Again, haven't seen Monahone in the south. Um, Tumavara, certain winners for that end though. 
I reckon. Well, I got to the bookies. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, say, well, saying that until we see the odds, but like, yeah. Well, Jez, um, I, I know you. I know Monahan kind of caused a surprise. Yeah, I, I said the same thing last year. Like, I, I thought we were certain to win that, but uh, geez, we got we got taught a lesson. But look, they they don't seem to be hurling too well. Um, look, you'd imagine they they would have been strong favourites for the South, considering they were the only Dambreen team in it. Um, for sure, like we all know, the South South Championship, anything anything can happen on any given day. Um, yeah, like 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 yeah. Um, but like yeah, you you know, one Kelly. The mobility it certainly isn't what it was like there. You know, Paul Kern's a year older as well. These kind of stalwarts for him as well. It's going to get tougher and tougher from as you know, as, yeah. as the years go on. But again, yeah. looking at that group was so level, you probably really want to be starting off with a win there. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's important in any group to be starting off with a win. Like I I'd be confident enough we're hurling pretty well this year. It's disappointed we didn't take Kiladangan when we had had a chance of beating him in the North semi-final. They've had a real Indian sign over us for the last well, last decade, really. But um we are hurling well and we've a few lads coming back from injury as well. So I'd be hopeful that we get over the line in that. Yeah. Upper Church and Holy Cross there. That looks a, a very level, you know, Upper Church, great win versus Sars in the divisional. And then they did a bit of an upper church then the following week and, and you know, lost lost against Bracken. So, you know, how how did they pick themselves up? You know, they were probably all all out for that kind of Elusive first division and senior. Any worries? Brian is Brian Amara back for Holy Cross? No, 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 he's still away. He's missing, yeah. That's, Look, that's, he, he, he's such a loss from me. He just, yeah. The whole yeah. balance of the team goes out of kilter with him missing from centre back. He's delivering everything. He's delivering the ball as a section. His forward is nowhere to hit the ball. Like, you know, then they're trying to get better to cover two or three positions. That's where the problem is then. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. They have Joe Caesar up in the forwards this, this year. I think he's meant to be. He's meant yeah. to be okay up there, but look, they're, they're probably missing a lot of a scoring thread up there, aren't they? Yeah, Holy, about Holy Cross and Church be all touch and go, but Church should hope, like in the year they've had for far, go again, like, you know. Yeah, because yeah, it's a great opportunity again in, in that crew. Onto, onto yourselves, Sean Barsali, um, in the in the, in the stadium. So it's, it's a great great one to be starting off with as well. It is, yeah. Going out without Park Mar there in defence, he's been on the sidelines in the background team, but still it's kind of new year there, like, where are they going? The backs down rolling. The full back, the centre back. You know that's the thing. The upper church done well against us. They run and stuck in the edge of the square. Wasn't in the game at all. Then so be hard to know. But seven birds they lose that. Is in, not in trouble, but like they lose the first game. With two winners played in round two, so you know the lose them probably play more than likely temporary and get the win. But still, you don't want to go to dog fight last day to qualify. You know, um, so in the weather like Saturday evening stadium, it's it's going to be. Tit for tat, Burt's Lear. No one's going to win that by more than point two either way, to be honest. Like, uh, it's, like, it's like a Kenyan Limerick all over again for me at that match now. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the Limerick, so Burt's Lee? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then the last group, then we've, we've, group, we've group one. So the first game in the stadium on Sunday is going to be Connolty versus Nina Rogue. I've had that right. Again, Nina, Nina flying it. Coming to the stadium full of confidence, what could possibly go wrong? They'll lose the county semi final. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so they, they might kind of they might put on a bit of a show on Sunday, but uh, Barry Heffern um, some last from that as Jason kicking the kicking the teeth. Like it was a really innocuous thing, like that he wasn't really challenged or anything, he was just running out to a ball. Like um, like it's similar probably to Holy Cross now, how do you fill that gap at centre back? It'll probably 
looks at the balance of the team in a big way. So. I tell you, that's, as you know, I was out watching a junior game, but lad went up for a ball yesterday, no one around them again, just came down the ankle. It's, it's broke. The pitches are rock hard after the last yeah. few days. And yeah. also, even if we get a bit of rain, it'll be thunder showers. You'd wonder how they could, they, you know, they, they could be playing very hard those pitches at the weekend. So hopefully, we won't, we won't see too many injuries. The final game then on that one is in, in the Dan Breen is Kilroan versus Mike Harkey Boris. Kilroan, another team, maybe, you know, maybe their opportunity is, is, is bypassing them a bit, like, you know, to claim, you know, major honours there. But toss on that, could, you know, could, could they really be putting down a marker in this game? Yeah, they need they need to be keeping the 15, 16, 17 lads fit for the whole championship if they're going to compete. Like, and as you were saying there, like, you're not going to get through four, five, six hard championship matches without picking up injuries. But like, they, they had a very mixed bag when they were knocked out by Kinnadangan in the north. Absolutely atrocious in the first half, really, really poor. And they're kind of go to plan B's if things are going bad, put Nilo Mar up into the forwards. And in fairness, he made a fair difference. They, they took him to extra time, but were blown away an extra time and um, I, I don't think they they really know what, what their best team is in terms of positions if Niall O'Mara in the backs most of the time but I, like he, like he's done some serious work for tipping the forwards and I think they should just leave him there um, look on paper they have a right good team to Jerome Cattle uh, Keane O'Kelly James Hennessy still floating around Craig Morgan Paddy Williams was in goal for the under 20s you know they have, they have a good team very good team on paper um, so so Mike competitive Arke. all over. Oh yeah, all those games. Like Arkey won't be handy either, though. Like they're, they're on the way up, obviously after under twenty one win last year, and they've good mm. players themselves. Car- like that game, they're like Kilran or Kilran. No, they were saying that they're kind of relying on the seventeen. But like Carkey winning their twenty ones and young lads have come through. Like we played them there in June or there, they're laying. It's right. It's like so. They're a club that like that game. Kilran people going oh Kilran win that easily. It won't be cakewalk, honest. I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's so hard to make that breakthrough. I think at the Zambrian, though, you know, you see the same the same few teams like maybe the Holy Crosses, the Rogues, kind of just tread water there for a couple of years, and it's just so hard to kind kind of put two back beat two big teams. What you do to qualify? But look, everyone's starting off now Friday, Saturday, Sunday with the same chance of chance of winning the big one. So best luck to them all. Premier Intermediate now, Stephen, local derby. Kilnall versus Gartnahu on Friday night. Gartnahu, you know, have impressed me since they got up from intermediate as well. You would have played against them a few times. Kilnall are, you know, maybe kind of underachieved given the given the some of the players available to him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Kilnall have underachieved up the county, especially. They probably should they should have more Souths, you know, with the personnel they had at their disposal. But I still fancy him to get over Gartnahu now. All credit to Gartner Home when they when they they went up there um when when they went up there a couple of years ago, like they were, uh, uh, probably even as little as two years previous to going up there in a relegation battle, you know they played St Mary's before St Mary's went up and then they went down and played a relegation battle, they went up themselves, but I still have, fancy them to have a little bit too much for Gartner Home although it's going to be a local derby and, you know I just I think I think Kilnall are flat track bullies you know. When the games that where these kind of games they'll win, you know. But when when they need to really tough it out, that's when the question marks come over Kilnall. But I'd still fancy him now this weekend. Yeah, and possibly as you said, run up a big score as well in these kind of group games. Um, we'll fly through the rest of from that. Mine Temple too. Again, might have been a bit disappointing in their division. Ha- haven't got up from intermediate. They play Silver Mines 
um, you know, as ever, Jason Ford is going to be important for the Mines there. Any thoughts on that one? What was the fixture again? Say it again. Sorry. Uh, mine, versus, mine versus silver mines. Okay. Right. Jason uh, Ford versus mine, basically. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Fairness to Jason, he's putting up some. Unbelievable. Like. He's, played, he's played two matches in the Norton. He scored 119 in both of them. Like, which is I haven't scored 119 in my whole life. Someone can see the 119 against it, though, and they have. Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> No, like he's 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 look if they didn't have him, they'd be in all sorts of bother. But look at the end of the day, he's a silver mines man, he's hurling from so yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, mine seem to be really struggling. I mean, I've seen them in the Munster Championship when they got up by Kilmiley last year. You know, when they go bad, by the day go bad, they were absolutely stink on the day, and they don't really seem to have picked it up since then. Um, look, they've good players like uh, sprinkled around the field, but you know, you can't be relying on Groot O'Connor and Connor Bow all the time. Tom Mead, like a few good hurlers, but they've yet to find a rhythm. I, I, like Jason Ford could be the, it probably will be the big game player there. Probably throw a Tossy Hamill on him, see if you can try and negate him a little bit. But look, Jason at that level is going to score heavy. Like I didn't, like, you know, again, good. it's another, that's another one. The other game in that group is an all North affair again. It's Ross Gray. You'd fancy them over Kildang and B. We talked about the few injuries that Kildang and have Cyrus have them as well, you know, the few kind of players that they might and you know, I think that really will hit your B teams. Um, you know, maybe they might not be as strong as they were. And, you know, I have been surprised with how well Kildang and B have, have gone in the Orion over the last couple of years, but um I think they might struggle this year. Uh I don't think they'll struggle in terms of relegation. Uh they probably struggle to get out of the group all right, but I think they'd probably be fine when it comes to relegation. Um as you say, look, you missed four or five players that you probably should have otherwise getting pulled up for the A team. Um, but they still have a, a fairly good group of players there. Like they've been so good underage for the last five or ten years. Like it's 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 amazing what they've done out there. They've they've really produced some good players of a of a similar standard, you know, no but nothing unreal, but fifteen lads, eighteen lads that are pretty evenly matched in terms of their ability. And look that match just in the foregone conclusion, because like Ross Gray had to get over silver mines in the north by penalties and you know it's 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 not going to be that handy for them um Larry Egan and the goals is still some some detail for scoring long range freeze and 21 yard freeze so uh, that, that probably be tighter than people think but Ross Gray if they turn up should probably be winning yeah we'll go to the group of champions next the group of divisional champions first up is probably the the game with the most that'll have the most miles travelled in is Carrick Swan versus Port Row. It's in Borland, but that's a that's a nice trick for both of the sides there. Um, Stephen, thoughts on Swan? I, I think on that one. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to put my head on the block here. I'm going to tip the Swan to win it to win it out. Um, I think last year the performances they gave last year, the really poor performance, there was they, they had an awful lot of injuries, an awful lot of injuries last year, you know, and they were they were desperate. But they are flying this year. The young fellas come in there. They have a new injection of blood. There's supposed to be a new injection of blood in the old fellas as well because they are flying, you know. And they're like when when they're at their ease, not the, at their ease, but when they're on their game, it allows the young fellas to hurl with less pressure. And I think um, I, I I think the direction they're going, the way the hurling, especially the selfish selflessness of the hurling, I think we'll see him over the weekend. 
Absolutely. And the other the other game in that one then is going to be a close one as well. It's Cashel and Cormac against Clana Kenny. Those two sides of history from the quarter final last year where Cashel, I think, got a last gas. Joe Brown pointed just get over the line. Clana Kenny had had met for had led that game for, for most of the way. And I was probably surprised that they were so close against them. Um, you know, Cashel are probably, you know, more or some people's favourites to get up, you know, alongside Swan or Fancy as well, Ross Gray from the Orion. Um, that's a tough game for him to start off with. Well, Cashel should be well bedded now with all the new signings from last year. Like they've a year under their belt as well, so there should be more comfort there, you know, and a little bit more togetherness. Um, look, to, to be honest, I've played I've played Cashel down the years, when, even back going back when we we're senior, and again they're an underperforming club. They're they're a single club in in one in a decent sized town. You know they have to be making inroads now. They have to, you know, if they're not, if they don't do it now, they'll never do it. And I, again, I just, I, I just don't think they have it in to win, it, to win, to win the whole thing out. Um, I have skin in the game. The brothers, the brothers up. He's helping out with them. So we getting into off of trouble at the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you won't be invited around for lunch anywhere for dinner. So. Uh, Next up in that one, I suppose, is Group 1. So you have St. Mary's versus Newport. We move on from that one, maybe. Um, yeah, Andy Newport win there. Uh... Definitely, oh, yeah. yeah. We're missing a few, so we'll try and field anyway. <laughs> but, um, no, that's going, to be a, that's going to be a tight one as well, I think. Um, it's, hard, it's hard to call for us. Can't make... Maybe the form of our defeat to Swan doesn't read too bad now because Swan's win, Sean, you were at that, but St. Mary's were awful. Um, it has to be said. As well, so hopefully you know that that performance would have served as a kind of warning what could happen. Newport, you know they had a blip last year, but they are definitely a club on the up. I think Tim Floyd is over him, so he'd have him well drilled. I think you know it's one. I just can't call that one for for ourselves. It's a real fifty-fifty one. I think where they play Seamus Kendi, you'll have a big big bearing on this game. You know, um, for me it's he's centre back. They, I don't think there's a better centre back in there in your club and. <laughs> Look, we won't have back onto that semi final, but it, it, Seamus Kendi being on the ball in the game is will have a huge impact on how St Mary's go this year. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And like literally ten minutes ago, talking about centre backs like Barry Heffernan, Miss and Brian Amara, Park Mayer, like your best player centre back. Like, like we were saying how down the team are not having a centre back. Kendi's number six in the sheet and just leaving there. Like, yeah, top tip there. Oh, yeah, exactly. Hopefully, the forwards will. We'll, uh, we, won't, we won't send this to Lorna Park anyway. And the other game that group then is Tracy, Sean Tracy's against Burgess. That's another hard one to call there. Burgess down from recently down from Dan Breen, but were in relegation final last year. And and then Sean Tracy's, who've kind of been very solid since they got up from intermediate. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a strange break. Some team could actually win that by 10 points. It's one of them games. Like Birds last year were up and down. Like, I remember playing them in their kind of a group game. And I thought Sean and Tracy going this year looked unreal once. And next time, kind of, we'll play them in a challenge match and look good against those now the following day. But the week after, you played a match and they didn't look. It's. I don't think yeah, the was That's a game. With Tracy's, like, you know, so it's just as hard to know the form of all these games that are going to yeah. work out. Like, you know, there's yeah. going to be a few surprises, definitely. Um, think the last group brings us to yourselves. Turtle Sarsfield against Ballina. Couple of yeah. players on show there for Ballina. Mikey yeah. Green. Um, 
we live a, like that's another depending on what kind of team we have out Saturday evening with a few knocks in camp like if we lose three or four from the bees straight away like you know it kind of backs it all but as I say winning the first game of Ballinat like Valentin Tunavar a good haunting ground for it. I think you bet Laura there was it two years ago was it no offence Laura team up there so hard senior bees will always give it a rattle and like Ballinat going in against the B team depending on what we have out Sunday the other game in that group was strange like Gartner who kind of gave nothing in reading the mid kind of and killing all or killing all it's two teams kind of in similar kind of not positions I call them but kind of they're capable in their day of bringing out a big farmers like yeah Jesus I don't know I think you're being kind to like I, I think killing all should be should should be looking to win that you know as I said like uh, and lay down a marker now for the for the Orient are we getting too hung up on this whole killing all or good on paper thing? Like, I've been hearing this for the last six, seven, eight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're capable of. Oh, but like, look, fair enough. Like, they have Bubbles, they have Tony Doyle, they have, but you know, they have the two O'Dwyers. Like, you know, just they're, like, you, you see them there and yeah, they're good on paper. Like, but, like, yeah, they, they have more in them, I think, you know, than. than ah, they than do. The, they, like, I suppose up the county, the lads mightn't have seen it as much, but Jesus, they were star studded at times. Like, you know, like as in the individual player, they were brilliant. But it's, like, even even a couple of years ago when Kilran came right good and they had some massive tussles with uh, Torres Sarsfields. I remember going up to one match up in Temple Moor. Uh, I think in the knockout stages, Kilran went up and blew them away. You know, they, they have serious potential. Like, and but you know, maybe they're gone past it. Like, you know, I remember years ago with Tony Doyle's age group, they they playing under twenty one A's uh, against Sarsfields and up watching Humdingers there. So maybe them kind of lads are a little bit over the over the hump of the hill, but they always had players coming through and this they still have bubbles the wire. Like, you know, bubbles still can be bubbles and uh but yeah. they they just it's the talent is there, it's just not applied in every game. Absolutely. We move on, Stephen. If you want to cover your ears now for the next five minutes, <laughs> we move on to the immediate game. Start off with the absolute, what will be certainly the game of the weekend. It is Ballybacon Grange versus Capo Whiting here Friday at 7 30. <laughs> could this be the, could, could Ballybacon not hit double or not hit kind of double digits here? Could they score less than 10 points? I think <laughs> maybe. But um, I think what you're going to see here is Brendan Cummins puck the ball as far as he can. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, that's it. We played him um, earlier on the year. That's it. Like it's if he don't puck it long, he'll puck to the full back and he'll take it back off the full back and puck from the twenty one. <laughs> so that's that's his only you know he, he will puck the short once. Yeah. Um, how did thirty men for forward line or something? How do what's their tactics? Uh, One land for back line thirty just, forward line. Yeah. Feed, feeding on scraps there when when like it, to be honest, when a ball is coming in from that height, that far and around your full back line. If it's not caught or batted properly, like it is, you know, anyone can get on the end of it. You know, it is when it's dealt with properly. If it's dealt with properly, then they're in big trouble because of this whole tactic of, of they're going along now since I started. That's, that's back in the year 2000. That's how it's been. So it's taken away from their actual gameplay. They're not able to develop a, a, style, of, a style of player, like playing through the lines. It's just lump it forward, and if we can score from the twenty-one, that's good enough. And I think when, uh, when if there's a full back in there that's going to catch them balls, I think Valley Bacon could be in big trouble this year. 
they have a few decent forwards, by the way. Because that lot of the Hewitts and your man, what's his name, O'Regan? There are two of them. I remember we played them. Yeah, I'm not sure if O'Regan's still, but the Hewitt would be there. Yeah, he'd be a, he'd be a threat to this level. He said, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know. I think, like, you know, in Kappa White there as well, we played them in challenge match a few weeks ago. They, they kind of mixed the good with the bad. Um, Hard, hard to know what, what to expect. I think, you know, it's important. I've said it a few times. And then you said it's, it's always important to win your first game. But those two, you know, those two teams there could certainly um, need a win in their first game. The other group, the other game in that group then is Ballingarry against Money Money Gold. You know, Money Gold surely looking to build on last year and to, you know, get even to an intermediate final. Yeah, but they're miss, they, they were missing Joe Fogarty and uh, Sean Kennelly um, in the north. And as far as I know, Joe Fogarty's still in the States. He's gone in the J1. And Sean Kennelly, I think, is carrying a bit of a knock. So if they're missing the two of them like that, two of our best players, two yeah. players from from a team that really need them, like so, that really puts it in Ballingarry's favour if, if that's the case. Yeah, Just two, two big losses, are they? Yeah, yeah especially Canadian yeah. coming off such a good, such a, so, you know, really made a name for himself last year, and they'd be, they'd be looking to him a lot of scoring potential there. We move on then to Group Four. The next game is Golden Kilfiekel versus Boherlan. Uh, we discussed a bit of that off air. Uh, you know, Borland are kind of on, on the up, you know, divisional win. Um, Golden Golden Kilfiekel, probably great facilities and all that, but I haven't seen them do too much this grade recently. A few young hurlers that have to mature a bit more, Jack Leamy and Ben Curvin, were two very good players, and you have Niall Heffern in there as well. And, but like, uh, they had a good run there a few years ago, which they were very nearly, nearly uh, won the county, and that was kind of a flash in the pan thing, really, was it? So, look, that they'll be hopeful that they can get big performances out of Jack Leamy. Um, because on his day, like, he's, he's, he's yeah, and, and, you know, an intermediate, I, I saw with, um, with Mark in the South final there, like you know, a county player or player that's nearly at that level can make such a difference. Yeah, um, Carrick Davins are playing a star studded Laura team in the other game in that group. Um, you know, Laura definitely the favorites for the whole county. They're Seen to last year, you know, had a wicked run with injuries and lads away and lads not available, but um, they were Orion finalists in 2020. Um, will, will we move on, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, we've Davies, Fitzgerald, and McGraw teaching us how to play everyone back behind the 65. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll look at that one. We'll look at that one. Just hopefully, there'll be a shock on the guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. to get one over Ken Hogan's crew. Um, <laughs> next next game I'm going to go to our old friends Knocka Villa play Ballin Hinch. It's going to be a cracker again. Knocka Villa divisional win. Ballin Hinch have been very solid at this at this level. Yeah, there are two teams that are fairly familiar with the intermediate grade now. They're kind of kind of uh, household items there at this level. Um, Knocka Villa after winning the West Final and but they were shorn of a few of their star underage players a few years ago, but they they seem to be bringing them through uh, in, from other places as well. In fairness to them. I think they needed Oren Jones to come off the bench really to, to see them over the line in the West Final. Um, Alan Hinch, on the other hand, look, I think they kind of had their golden generation of players there five, six, seven, eight years ago, and like they have a very, very small pick of players to choose from. They brought a few young lads into central positions there to fill gaps. You no know, Shane McGrath at the minute. Um, look, they're, they're, they'll be struggling to stay in the It probably comes home to rules, Dustin, when you have the low numbers, you can yeah. tread water for a few years, but. Eventually, it does catch up to you. I'd be looking it at Baden Hinch. Maybe they seem to kind of seem to be go, kind of just going back for a year or two, whether they can 
yeah. whether they can kind of regenerate then. They, they took a really big beating against uh, Boris Kane in the intermediate and Boris Kane were beaten by Shannon Rovers the next day out and we see what Shannon Rovers did against Laura so look, they, they have it all to do to stay in the division. Absolutely. Then you mentioned Shannon Rovers there. They, they play Kilsheed and Kilcash. That's going to be an absolute cracker. Um, I think as well Kilsheed and probably a lot of people's favourites outside of Laura for, for the competition. Beaten County finals last year. They seem to have a very good mix again from seeing them. You know, they'd have obviously Mark Yo, but they'd have the two Mars back. They'd have several other kind of good lads, you know, to come back as well. They'd have Paul, Paul Maher. So um, they, they, they'd be strong there. I'd fancy them for that one. Does the football helper hinder them now as the year goes on? I, I, I think it can only hinder it, but I don't. I think they're going to be a little bit off the pace in the football. I think yeah. the commercials will go all out for the football this year. And, um, you know, Barma Rovers, you know, I think a lot more down a couple of numbers, they'll definitely look to, uh, look to kind of defend their hurling title first, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, football can be kind of picked up maybe in other years. Um, but, like, yeah, I, 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 I think Kilsheed and going on their performance, you know, they've taken Ryan from killing all in as manager, like, so he wouldn't be there unless they were going hurling first and taking it very seriously. Uh, we're getting through though, so folks. So one of the, you know, again another team that's kind of bobbing around the, the wrong end of this, of this division would be Aravel Rovers against Drummond Inch B. There, not too much to say about that one. Maybe the West Ham Stephen. He'd have, he'd have good ex, good experience and a few good fights over the last couple of years with Aravel. Yeah, with some nice things. I'm trying to think. I think we played him. I think we could have played him in the county league this year, earlier in this earlier in the year. I'm fairly sure we did. Uh, Strike game that I think they could have been down a few, but they had the numbers. But again, it's hard to know with Aravel. Like, should they be stronger? A, a single club in Tip Town probably should. But again, is football in the way when uh, and asked the question about football? Um, I think it's very hard for smaller clubs, even though I know they're senior and you, you'd class them as a big football club, but it's very hard for smaller clubs to do both of them, especially. Like I think if Kilcheelan were football were hurling only, I think they would be out of disgrace, you know. But uh, might be might be Aravel's problem as well with the bit of with the bit of football taking time away from the hurling. Yeah, it's definitely hard to serve two masters. You're right there, you know, especially with the kind of more condensed club season there. You're going from you know hurling week to football week, so you know it can disrupt the rhythm there. I think just before we wrap up, that's Bars Kane versus Kane or a game that I think was in doubt after. Skaheen didn't field against Ballangarry, but it's down there anyway for half seven on Sunday in Littleton. Will Skaheen field, do you think? <laughs> what, was yeah, the, will, yeah. what was the reason they didn't field the last day? Anyway? Oh, I think there was some festival on in or something like that, or maybe they, maybe they didn't fancy the journey. But you know, looking at Ballangarry again, like you know, they could have well have beat him if they had got 15 on the on the um on the field. Like, so yeah, very disappointed for a first team not to field in your division when you're up. So there surely would have been like a good buzz around that Skaheen team after I think they had 33 togged for the county final so county hurling uh, junior final like so to go from that not to be able to Ooh. field so maybe they're another club that are focusing too much on football or something I don't know but um, again given that they can't even field you'd have to look to Boris Kane for that one yeah 100% I'd say it's, it's a terrible indictment of a club that, did, that you don't feel for your first team in the championship match I, it's a long time since I heard about that. I heard that now. Carrick Swans, I think, was the last time I heard about that. Yeah, 
in fairness, no, they had a stag or something, I think. So, in fairness, um, but like, but it's, it's, it's the manner in which they didn't field was is is just like you know, if they if they said the week before that, uh, we can't feel the team next week, we need it off for it, let's give a walkover, <laughs> excuse me, but two hours before a throw in, you know, and you have you have 30, 20 lads on uh, 30 lads on the other team who've who preparing for a championship match and you know match me and all that you're you know and, and even, even the whole family the thing like you know we can't do anything last uh, this weekend I have a match only to be told then that two hours before there's no match there's kids there you know that was to let the sour taste now and I think any goodwill good will that the public might have had for him going into the new championship at intermediate level is probably gone now after that Absolutely. So we'll wrap it up there. So there will be plenty to discuss next week. We might even get into the Liam Cal being announced as Tipperary manager even a bit more. We didn't even touch on the All Ireland final yesterday between Limerick and Kilkenny. It's all about the local action this weekend. So as I said, kind of get get to a game or two. It'll be well worth well worth your while. You might be watching the All Star of 2023. You might be able to give Liam Cal a scout report. Stephen, Sean, Enda, thanks very much for that. No problem. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.